We are the creators of reality. Those who have mastered perseverance, those who thrive despite attempts to thwart us, those who make magic at the root of the very trees they hung us from. We are the mountains and the rivers. We are the sun and the moon. We are sand and gems. We are the first and the final. We be big and small. We be light and dark. We be seasoned and youthful. We be sensual and sacred. Those gifted and divine. Those powerful and radical. Those vibrant and ancestral. We are the creators of reality. We are the Black Oasis. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Black Oasis Podcast. I'm your host, Kaya Supreme, and this is the place where we lay it all down. Today's guest is a fashionista. She is bold, beautiful, dynamic. She also happens to be a fly, fly fly-ass DJ. Ladies, gentlemen, and non-gender conforming friends, please welcome the caring, sweet, kind, dynamic diva, DJ Fally <laughs> Yes, you gotta do the you gotta do the uh you gotta do the DJ effects. <laughs> oh my god, I'm gonna get you to introduce me all the time. Absolutely. <laughs> I think I should I think I should do that. Yes, I think you should. I've heard that. We're going to set that up. We're going to set that up. Got to. Fallon, thank you so much for being on the podcast, finally. Thank you for having me. I've been awaiting this moment. I'm so excited. Yes. Listen, I told you the other day, you inspire me. You are so stunning. Um, I love how consistent and passionate you are about your physical health and, and, just the fun ways that I see you work out and I mean your beauty is like unmatched you are a stunning woman so many um, affirmations are really appreciated it's true I couldn't say it if it wasn't true um and then I also hear that you're a bomb DJ so and I got to witness you know your skills in action and and, and so just before we get started just tell the people who you are where you're from, what you do, who you be. So I such a loaded question for a loaded answer. So <laughs> I was born and raised in New Orleans, Louisiana. Um, I graduated from, well, before I graduated from college, Hurricane Katrina hit in 2015. I was in 10th grade. So my family relocated to Atlanta. I finished high school here. I, I did one year of college at Perimeter College, and then I was about to quit school and go to hair school. My grandmother told me that that wasn't a good idea. So I moved back home to New Orleans and finished college at Dillard University with um, a bachelor's in mass communication. And my whole motivation to finish school was so that I can move back to Atlanta because I just wanted to be here so bad. But I wasn't focused, so I was like, I got to get on my grind so I can do what I want to do, you know? So I came back with this whole idea of I'm going to be on radio. 
um, I went to all of the different radio stations and they was like, oh, you got to have an internship. And I'm like, I've already done that. I'm not in school anymore. <laughs> so it was just like, I felt defeated a little bit, but I kept pushing. And so I had an online radio show mm. uh, with multiple, I had multiple female DJs. It was, I had a co-host, her name was Busy. And the show was great. We had DC Young Fly on the show. We had a bunch of underground, well, not I wouldn't say underground. We had a bunch of independent artists that would come on the show. We would highlight their music and this and that, and different yeah. DJs. And we kept losing DJs. And I'm like, I don't know, I don't know how to DJ, but I want to DJ. Like I've always been intrigued by DJing. And I was just like, I'm gonna learn how to DJ one day. <laughs> so. I have a bunch of DJ friends. So I, what happened was I got into an accident and the money that I got from it, it wasn't a lot. I knew how much I was getting. I was getting back like $4,000. I was like, I'm not going to go blow this at the mall. And so I sat and I prayed about it and I meditated and DJing kept coming back up. So I, when I got the money, I bought my DJ equipment. I called all my friends. They gave me music, a speaker, and I, started DJing. Wow. <laughs> so that's how DJ Phallic Val came to be. Um, and I'm also, I would call myself a, um, I don't know, I like to learn about new things. I like to figure things out on my own, but also, you know, have some help. So then I went into uh, dog grooming. Katrina, well not Katrina, um, what is this? COVID. COVID mm-hmm. came about. And, <laughs> I, you know, I'm sitting around doing nothing. And my friend had this dog grooming and his own dog grooming salon. So I went to go work with him as his personal assistant and a dog bather. And I started learning how to groom dogs. And I loved it. I love dogs. So it was like, yeah. it was just perfect. And you could be in your own world and just connect with the animal. I know that sounds weird, but that's what I like. <laughs> no, it's not weird at all. So I became a dog groomer. <laughs> so now I'm doing dog grooming as well. And then I did my own hair for a photo shoot. I did some faux locks for a photo shoot. And my friends was like, girl, you need to start doing this. You need to start doing people's hair. So I started a, a hair page on Instagram, and now I'm doing hair. <laughs> Alan, <laughs> this is what I'm talking. But see, this is why, this is why, this is one of the things that makes you so beautiful, right? Because black people can do so many different things yeah. and be fire. You know, like we are so multifaceted. We are so complex. So you like DJ, hair, dog grooming. It's like, what are you next, trying to take over the world? Like, it's just, what? Basically, next I'm going to learn how to sew. I have a sewing machine. It's a yes. very nice sewing machine. I'm actually going to have to take classes to learn how to sew. I don't think I can teach myself that. So that's my next step. And I feel like those things work because you have a level of mastery. You know, you talked about the training that you had to do because some of us are like a jack of all trades and we're not necessarily like mastered in one specific area, Mm -hmm. but you truly um, have such a level of greatness in all areas that you can, you can manage and juggle all three of those things. Yeah, I take the time to learn things fully before I move on to the next thing. Wow. Yeah. Wow. So 
Um, at Black Oasis, there's a running metaphor. Um, the Oasis is paradise that Black people create when they come together and walk in all their gifts and talents in their highest character, just trying to be our best selves. And when each of us contribute the best that we have, we create a paradise for one another. So if you had to uh, conceptualize or be a part of a Black paradise, what is one element that has to be present? Water. Ooh. <laughs> yes. Why? Well, um, I like to consider myself as a mermaid. Um, yes. I forgot to tell you that I'm also a lifeguard. <laughs> what? Yes. Um, at well, more I'm a lifeguard, and I also teach swim lessons. So my mother, she is also a lifeguard who teaches swim lessons. Because a lot of people don't understand that just because you're a lifeguard doesn't mean you can teach someone else how to swim. So it's right. two different things. Um, so my mother has been doing that since before I was born, before my oldest sister was born. Um, and all of her children know how to swim. We've all been a lifeguard. <laughs> now my sister has taken over and she's like doing doing big things in New Orleans. My mother has pools in her in her yard so that she can teach swim lessons there. So it's just since I've been born, I've been in the water and that's where I find my peace. That's where it's like, a, it's literally like when I'm in, when I'm in the water, nothing else is around me, you know, and I can zone into myself and pay attention to my breathing because you can hear your heartbeat in the water. Wow. Unless you're in the ocean. Because the ocean is kind of loud. <laughs> so it's just like that's where I find myself to be more, the most relaxed. And I can talk to myself there. I can just be at peace fully. I totally agree. So in my totally ways, it definitely needs water. <laughs> yeah. I'm a, I'm, a, I'm a cancer. I'm a, I'm a water baby. I started learning how to swim at like three. I even had a... Um, an encounter it's so funny you said lifeguard training I was trained to be a lifeguard as well I was five um, on a family vacation and a little girl jumped into the pool mm-hmm. and like I felt like time stopped because I was the only person who saw her um, I watched her like take off her water wings and she jumped in the pool none of the other adults were paying attention maybe it was the tequila and all that I don't know but I saw and I was waiting for someone else to intervene for like a second, but then like they didn't. And I just had to jump in and just like, you know, swim her to the, to the side of the pool. Yeah. Um, and we were in Jamaica. So I got like free little, you know, virgin rum drinks the whole time. And, you know, it was like, I was a little local celebrity for a second. So I was geek, but still like my love for water has never, ever disappeared. Like I literally could be in a pool all day long, all day hours listen we you need to just go hang out and sit at the pool all day listen i'm here for it because <laughs> i've been working hard i i can't wait to get into the water literally i cannot wait to get into the water I set that up. um and so tell us a little bit about the um dog grooming services um what does that entail how can people get in contact with you for that so dog grooming, I do it at um, at a dog spa in this apartment complex. So 
I do have a place that you can that I, that people can come to. I also do mobile grooming, so if you don't want to leave your home, I can come to you and groom there. Um, to book me, you can go to Rough Rough Groom on Instagram. It's R U F F R U F F Groom on Instagram. Okay. Cool. Well, make sure to check her out. So I want to pick your brain about this show that we both like. (laughs) And it's called Legendary. Mm. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, I am a legendary fanatic. Season two just ended. Um, So what is your... Well, first, let's tell people what Legendary is. So Legendary is a show that has that is on HBO Max and it is basically bringing the life I don't know if it's a lifestyle but the life of ballroom that was originated in what New York yeah for people of not just color but like people who are gay well the LGBTQ community and they go there and they can express themselves. They dress up in different different categories and they walk and they get judged and they win trophies and they have bragging rights. They have different houses. It's a family place for like for people to just feel welcome, you know? And so yeah. they basically commercialize that legendary. So you can have did. different houses and they go they have different categories that they have to walk and you compete but this competition you're not just competing for a trophy each week you're competing for a hundred thousand dollars a hundred thousand dollars yes um and these 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 let me say this these balls are so extravagant first of all I literally just, and sometimes in my free time, will scroll through Instagram and just look at different ballroom pages because I'm obsessed. Um, I just, I wish I could. Um, but to watch it, I'm so glad that there was a platform that, that that gave the LGBTQ community this platform. I wonder if they feel appropriated at all, if they feel um, like... People, people, you know, are basically making money off their backs. I wonder if that's the case. I'm not sure. Because you do have just some legendary houses participating. Mm-hmm. Um, and I know that there's, like, some specific members. Like, it's only five. But those houses are, like, 50, 100, hundreds of people are in those houses. So Yeah, because they're have... all over the world at this point. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So then to only have, like, five. Like, in the house of Tishi, I didn't know that um, Kylie Jenner's, like, Cardi B's hairstylist. Do you know who that is? Oh, no. Um, are you talking about Tokyo? Yes. Yeah. Tokyo Jess is in... Um, not Tokyo Jess, but Tokyo is um, in the house of Tishi. And I just saw her walk in a ball like last week. Yeah, on so, Instagram. Right. So well, I was like, oh, see, it may be like so spread out. Yeah, um, but you know, on, in the house of Tishi, Japan, well... Simone, sorry. Right. Simone is a celebrity makeup exactly artist who is best friends with Tokyo. Right. I know right. And, and I also I saw her like she did the Tiana Taylor tour. Yeah. That's how right. that's what actually got her into being in ballroom. 
Wow. Yeah, because before that, she wasn't in ballroom. But they they grew up best friends, and they were in these, like, dance crews. Because what I also forgot to mention is that I'm in a writer for Sheen Magazine. (laughs) (laughs) And I'm I'm also a journalist. And I work for Sheen Magazine, <laughs> and she was, and she told me to, she told me all about her and Tokyo's relationship, how they grew up in these dance crews, and that's how I knew who she was when the when the show started. I was like, oh my god! So I had, I was rooting for Tishi since the beginning. Oh, uh, okay. So let's get into it. Firstly. I am a Miyaki Blair stan. Oh my goodness. <laughs> I am. I have been a fan of Miyaki Blair since um, Tamaya, I mean, um, aka Kitten Guns. She's another um, trans woman who's just like kills the ballroom scene. But I've been following her for years now. And she was a part of the house of Miyaki Mugler for a while. Um, I think she started her own house now, but I'm not sure. Um, but I have been a stand. I was standing for them from the very beginning. Now, was I clear that they were not necessarily the strongest house? Yes, I was clear, but I still was standing. Okay. Now, as far as the strongest house, I think everybody's clear that it was Tishi. Like, so do you? And I like they were under- robbed. I don't understand. But you know, that's how I felt about um, Lam Vin. On the first, yes, absolutely. Robin was robbed. There's no reason with Uh, Michaela. There was no way they could have lost that show. And then to freaking Balmain of all people, I'm still in shock. (laughs) Uh, It just drives me up the wall. So I was like, "Is there a like what's going on?" Like, you know what I think it is? I think they don't have enough ballroom judges. They don't. Now let's get into that. (laughs) One, I love Meg. But sis, I love her too. But it's just like she's just okay. Let me break down the judges. Law, it's like okay, he's a part of the community, but he's not a part of the ballroom community, so he doesn't really. He's he's there to judge fashion, fashion, right? right. And then Laomi, ballroom legend, is there to judge things based on how it would be inside of the ballroom. Right. And then we have Meg who is basically there to just steal moves for her music <laughs> video. I'm dead. She definitely needs to tell her all kind of choreography. Right. And she said it numerous times. Oh, I want that in my videos. Like, numerous times. That this is not what you're here to look for. <laughs> right. Like, man. And then we have Jamila. Jamil, Jamila Jamil. Nope. Who nope. is nope. basically the person who set everything up and put the money behind it. <laughs> oh. So she does absolutely nothing. Like, but she is a philanthropist who I follow. I've been following her since I've seen her on The Good Place. And she's a philanthropist for all people. Well, not all people, for like people of color, LGBT community, like just people 
of righteousness. <laughs> okay, but still, Jamila, it's like, Jamila, have enough humility, like, front the money, but go somewhere, because, right, because so you be messing up the whole thing. And then she says the same thing every week. You're one of the, you're the, one of the best houses we've seen. I'm like, girl, you just said that to the last people. Like, stop it. I've, I've just <laughs> gagged. I've just had my first gag of the season. Like, sis, shut up. And you be wrong. Now, there was only one other person that burnt my butt worse than Jamila. Who? Tiffany Haddish. Ooh, yes, because she came up in there talking like she just knew everything. Like, she just been in ballroom for her whole life. Like, sis, please stop. And she was so, like, adamant about her, like, judging. And and I think she might have had a few cocktails. Too. Yeah, that's, they be sitting there drinking. I was watching it with Tan, and she said when we were watching the one with Taraji, that Taraji was just so, like, lit. And I'm like, she always talk like that. Yeah, that's <laughs> she does. She too. always acts like, because I follow her on Instagram, and she does. But when we went back and looked at it, yeah, she was very lit. Yeah, <laughs> they had a, she was definitely like, no, you, you stop. You put your, you keep your head up. Like it was like, oh, sis, that's that D, that's that DMV drunk right there. They start to get real passionate. It's a thing. Mm-hmm. Um, so yeah, but you know, I just thought like this is why humility is so important because if a person truly understands who they are and the role that they play, they have no problem digressing to people who have a better expertise or nuance of the situation. Like Jamila, you really like you know, although it's like you know, still entertainment. These people really could use that $100,000. I mean, who couldn't? And they, they deserve it. If you look at the acrobatics, the fashion, the division, like, one thing I just love about the House of Miyake Mugler is they are a performance house. Um, them and Tishi, and I would just say, like, their artistic creation, their, and their vision is just like, like, what, like, they should be paid $100,000 an episode. Yes. For the work that they do. But to then, like, judge them, wrongly based on <laughs> your you personal take, like, judgment based on what you like it's still yeah. like colonizing and see it's, the other thing for me was Miyaki Mugler they definitely started pushing a lot harder after that last time they were in the they bottom. did like they were coming harder and harder and I appreciated that however I knew that if Tishi was still there they would have had a run for their money yeah. and so it wasn't a fair competition yeah. It was not. There's no reason why Tishi should have went home. Now I don't care. Like especially for a house that wasn't going to win anyway. Who was right, it? Right, because they went people? home the next week. Right. Well, who was the people? What was their name? <sighs> I knew. I know their name. It was the one with the Orichi. Yes. Yes. They went home the next week. Like, are you kidding me? I literally still go watch that museum one. Oh it yes, was just for fun. When they did the eighties. Yes, it was the Taraji episode. I go watch that snippet just, just cause like it is so lit. Yeah, that was actually so. Well, um, I really, I really, I really wanted to have you on here also because I know that you love your mom. Oh yes, (laughs) (laughs) and I think it's a special thing. Um, you know, sometimes mother daughter relationships especially for black women get portrayed negatively mm-hmm. and don't have, or, or sometimes people, you know, they say, Oh, moms love their boys, but you have a really bought tight relationship with your mom. 
Um, it hasn't just, always oh, been that way. Well, tell us, you know, like, what's the process been like getting to this place with your mom? Okay, so growing up, I had um, a godfather slash dad, right? So it's this man who basically helped my mama raise me because my mama was a single mom of four kids, right? I have an older sister, an older brother, and a younger brother whom I gave my one of my kidneys to. Um, and so he was there to, to help, well, not there to help my mom, but I met him when I was, what, like three or four years old. I was going to the center that was across the street from my aunt's house. It was an after-school care place where you do your homework and you are involved in different extracurricular activities. And so I basically grew up with him and I started calling him dad. Um, eventually, yes, he molested me, uh, for many, many years. And I, and I feel like I was brainwashed. So he basically was trying to like remove me from my mother, not like literally, but it was, I didn't think highly of my mother, you know? So it was like, whatever he said was, would trump whatever my mama said. So like, and I, then I, once I like got older, long story short, once I got older and I came back to Georgia, my pastor, he has this thing called the journey 40 day. It's not, is it a 40 day journey? I think it's 40 days, but it's a, it's called a journey. It's the process. And this happened in, I believe 2017, I think. And well, maybe before that, I don't know. And I was able to really like hone into myself and talk about what I've been through because I still hadn't talked about it with my mama, even though she knew. Because when she found out what was going on, she tried to have him arrested. But again, I was so brainwashed. I said he didn't do anything. So the police didn't do anything about the situation. So at this point, I'm older now and I can fully see what was going on in my life and be able to say it out loud to myself and to someone else, you know? And so, um, when Katrina hit, that was when I had, she had just realized what happened and we we had to separate anyway. So I'm in Georgia with my mother and she had already banned me from talking to him. She canceled my sweet 16 birthday party, like everything. It was a big thing happening in my life. And I was upset with her for many years. And eventually I realized that she was really the only person that I had, you know? And I, we just got really, really close between my high school year, my late high school year, like 11th, 12th grade to now. And I realized everything that my mama says is true (laughs) and nobody can tell me anything differently. (laughs) Right. Um, I repeat things that she says to me all the time. It's like, yeah, my mama said this would happen. Like say I'm going to Popeye's and there's nobody in line. And then I get in line and it's like a swarm of people behind me. You know, I'm like, well, my mama said I bring the crowd. (laughs) (laughs) It's like my mother can I won't say she can't do any wrong <laughs> because you know everybody has their everybody's not perfect so right I know she's not perfect but 
I know that I can call on her for anything. Um, I can talk to her about anything. And like, even she was very disappointed in me when she found out I had a girlfriend and she was like, we talk about everything. And you just feel like, why do you feel like you couldn't have told me that you have a girlfriend? And right. that hurt my feelings. Well, it hurt her feelings, but I felt really bad because she was disappointed in the fact that I could not talk to her about that or I didn't talk to her about that, you know? And so it's like, that's the type of relationship that we have. And anytime I have any issues with anybody, I call her for advice. And sometimes I don't always agree with it, but I like to hear what she has to say. Then I make a decision, you know? Yeah. And I just know that without her, I wouldn't have survived in Georgia. (laughs) Like even getting here, I was slick depressed in New Orleans before I came here. And she saw that, and she, I mean, she doesn't have a lot of money, but she gave me like two, $300 after she had just helped me buy a car after I graduated college. And she was like, go. So I, I came to Georgia. I stayed with some family members for a little while until I got on my feet. And every day I'm talking to her, and she just like helped pushing me to keep going. Do whatever you got to do. That's where you want to be at. And I started going back home once a month. She was like, you need to stop coming here. If you want to be in Atlanta, that's where you need to be at. And you need to get yourself together out there. And she just keeps it all the way real. Like, she does not sugarcoat anything, okay? Yeah. (laughs) Like, and and whether it's a joke or not, she's not, she's going to make sure you understand. And that's what I appreciate. Because who wants a parent that's going to beat around the bush when they need to just keep it real you know yeah like even man. when i told her my my friend one of my friends was pregnant with a little girl she said another cat to watch she can't even watch her own cat <laughs> <laughs> i'm dead yes like that's the type of stuff she says and so it's just like you know you gotta appreciate it and without that's, her it just would be all bad that's that nola soul right there yeah and mind you, she's um, not she's not from New Orleans. She's a, a, a um, legalized citizen. She was born in Honduras. They moved what? Here. Yes, <laughs> they moved my, here. Yeah. They moved here. My my grandfather he worked worked on boats, and so he moved to New Orleans. And then the family came after, and she was like what five or six. She's also a twin, and my her twin passed away in October or November. Yeah, of last year from leukemia. Like that was a big thing that happened with us. Um, yeah, I remember. Yeah, but you know, we're a strong family. We if, at the at the very end of the day, what she has taught me is that if I have nothing else, I have my family, and that has held true through it all. I just I want to thank you so much. Um, for your vulnerability and just sharing, you know, such an intimate part. You know, I was thinking about last night, like if if we could co- collect all the black people in one room, <laughs> wow, one giant room, and just ask people to be bold enough to share if they've experienced assaults, you know, sexual assault, mm-hmm. how many hands would go up? Because I just saw Kevin Gates talk about his experience, you know. Whoa, that's so what he's talking about. I'm gonna have to go back and listen because I didn't. I didn't. I, I saw what the interview, but I wasn't really listening. Yeah, like 
there's so many and, and it makes sense because of the history of sexual violence we endured on the plantation mm-hmm. that kind of trauma undressed uh, un, that that doesn't go uh, addressed will fester and continue and people start to use that as a coping mechanism and, and people's sexual desires are disoriented and distorted and you know it's it's and it just violence begets violence begets violence so one i just thank you for sharing um that piece too thank you for just being vulnerable about the journey with your mom it's so important I, I had a similar situation where i just had to at one point after journeying i'm like wow this is how valuable and important my mother is to me i missed it and um even around sexual assault you know um i just missed i missed her wisdom growing up so um i i empathize I honor you. I'm so grateful for you. Um, I'm just so grateful for you even just doing a show. You are so gifted at so many things, so many things. And continue to do your work, sis. Continue to take over the world, sis. Continue to be unapologetically you. Um, and continue, you know, your path to healing. Just all of the the things that you're working on. I'm just so proud of you and um just so honored to know you thank you i'm gonna have to get you to come to one of my boxing classes (laughs) i would love to yeah listen i'm a full uh, 100 percent entrepreneur now so i got time what well i would say not time because if anybody knows about entrepreneurship you don't really have time but i can create my schedule so i would love to awesome i would love i'm gonna hold you to it please text me right after this okay I'm, i'm not playing um well everyone thank you so much for joining and listening to this episode of black oasis um fallon is fire period go follow her where can they follow you on social media dj fally fall f-a-l-l-y f-a-l i know that's a fright where life happens <laughs> that's where life happens go get y'all lives you're gonna see listen she is the bomb.com um Anyway, you can also follow us on Instagram at Black Oasis ATL. I don't know why I just went British, but whatever. Black Oasis is a great podcast. I'm putting my cousin onto it because she loves podcasts. Um, oh, yay. I'm, again, I'm so excited that you that we finally were able to accomplish this and yeah. be able to put this out. I'm listening. It's going to be everywhere. Boom, boom, boom. Everybody. I'm ready. I'm so ready. It's going to be your most listened to show. Listen. <laughs> now, you, that I'll hold. And I believe. Because you, you, Fally brings the crowd. Okay, period. As mama said. <laughs> well, everybody, thank you all for listening. Okay, we've got to do this again. And maybe oh, we yeah. should do it with Tim. We, gonna, we should play some games. Ooh, well, I'm open to that idea. Yeah. It's all, all a part of... Um, our excellence so let's do it yes all right everyone thank you for listening and until next time stay black but you don't really have a choice lucky for you peace
Thank you.